JoeVertigan.com, this on the record segment brought to you by Munster Service Center. And with me is a, a fellow, I don't know if you ever did much announcing, but I did. He did. He's been a PR guy for forever. He's he's doing been doing this longer than I have, and I've got 41 years in it. Uh, he's from Rice Lake, right? Spooner. Spooner, Wisconsin, the teeming metropolis of Ed Reichert. Uh, Ed was a longtime uh, columnist for all the dirt that was sold a paper. Um, did you ever write for Hawkeye Racing News? Oh, for years. I wrote for yes. Hawkeye Racing News. I put several papers out of business. Uh, yeah, checkered flag. Racing News, checkered flag, mid-states racing news. Uh, gee, there must be others, too. But, you know, occasional uh, special story for, like, Speed Sport News and things oh, yeah. like that. But, so yeah. let's let's talk about the, the, the business. I mean... You and I, I mean, you got more years in this than me, but there was a time when uh, the racing papers were where it's at. You know, I grew up in the 70s, even into the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, you know, checkered flag racing news, all the dirt, Hawkeye racing news, Midwest Midwest. racing news. Those were papers where most race fans in the Midwest, that's where they got their, their information prior to social media. And you were a big part of that too, weren't you? Well, yeah. And, and unless you were at the track, you waited until the following Thursday, prayed that the mailman was not reading the paper and that he'd get it to you so you could find out what happened in the rest of the racing world. It was. And I remember uh, talking to Pete Verkaudrin, uh for my first book, Life in the Past Lane. Uh, and he said that in their peak, his dad, Harold Verkaudrin would hawk those at what I call the big half-mile circuit, Seymour, Shano, and De Pere in the early and mid-70s, they would go. They would sell 1,500 papers a weekend on those, you know, three nights, and maybe even you count Oshkosh at Leo's at the time. He said it was unbelievable, the, the, the circulation, the amount of fans that picked that stuff up. Uh, I imagine it was no different on the western end of the state for you guys, was it? No, not at all, you know, and, and quite honestly, uh, regular race crowds were probably bigger back then than they are now. Right. And those people were interested, wanted to know what had happened and how their uh, favorite drivers had done, and they wanted to see the pictures from other tracks and stuff. And so those race papers were, were real treasures back then. They were to me because I remember the first time I was at WIR, it was uh, one of the red, white, and blue races, 1977. Uh, so all the pictures of these cars I saw in black and white of guys named Dick Trickle, Mike Miller, uh, Tom Reffner, Dave Watson. Well, I got to see them on a Sunday afternoon with the sun shining down. And, you know, there's all these central Wisconsin guys racing at Kakana. And the coolness factor there, it just kind of brought it to life. And uh, I don't know, everything's online now. What? Talk about the, the, the racing uh, uh, website you you write for currently. Well, I do a couple. When I go to the Wissota tracks, Wissota does have an online presence for their paper, but right. they also still send one out. So I write a column for all the dirt racing news. Right. Um, and what tonight I'll be representing is called Positively Racing. It's a website owned by um, Barry Johnson and Jeff Brogue, who both were writers for Hawkeye Racing News. Two names I recognize, absolutely. And when, and when those pa- that paper went out of business, they, they felt the need to to want to be able to have a forum to say things and show things and so they set up a website and uh, I'm lucky enough to be one of the bloggers for them so I spend a lot of time even even now down at races in Iowa in fact I was in Spencer Iowa at a race last night wow and uh, but you have the time to do it you're a retired school teacher right retired but not totally retired they uh, the the school districts are still calling me every day wanting me to come in but the nice thing about that is I can work on my schedule 
Well, same here. I, I just started substitute teaching myself in Pembine and uh, one day a week, maybe two. So in addition to being columnists, we also have that in common. But you're still involved at Rice Lake Speedway. It's been a few years since I've been there, but you're still cranking out uh, you know, the, the pressers, the, the race results. And I think that's kind of missing with a lot of racetracks. Um, you still have to have a PR presence. There's still television. You know, there's still radio. There is still newspapers to a certain degree. Um, uh, What's your take on that? Do you see many other tracks that are just kind of maybe dropping the ball when it comes to that? Well, I think there's a lot of them now, and, and part of it is they can't find people that want to do that, just like a lot of other things. you got to have a little knowledge to write a decent race report, and uh, a lot of places can't find people that want to do that. Um, and it is still important because, like, in our area uh, of, uh, you know, western Wisconsin there, I can look in the local weekly papers and generally they have my stories in there and, and sometimes pictures too. So I mean, That's good. there's a lot of people out there that aren't going to be glued to their laptop or their um, handheld computer or whatever right. that you still need to reach. Yeah, you do. And I think a lot of, do you think race promoters these days in the Midwest, they just view the public relations aspect as simply an afterthought? I'll just post something on Facebook and we'll call it good. I see that with some tracks, um, not all, but some. What's your take on Western Wisconsin tracks? Is there some of that that's going on, or not? Not so much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think they get they get wound up in the mechanics of uh, the nightly program and and kind of forget about some of that stuff. And and I think uh, now they've grown to expect that if people want to find out about the races, they're going to go on the Facebook page and see. But the Facebook page is not for everybody, and it's still, like I said, it's still missing uh, a good uh, percentage of the population. It is, you know, and to me, I've always talked about this stuff. Facebook is one of the tools that you can use. It's not the only tool. You still got to do some good old-fashioned PR. I mean, uh, some good tracks still get out, and they put up flyers and billboards in, in the local communities and that kind of stuff. Advertising that, on the that, local radio stations. Yeah, I mean, like it's that. it's still relevant. Yeah. Um, so talk about Rice Lake. Uh, you're still there weekly doing that stuff. What is the health of the tracks in western Wisconsin? Uh, most of them holding their own, doing okay. Uh, what I see on the eastern half of the state, the focus is less on drivers opting to run weekly for a championship. Most don't care about that anymore. It's the 10,000 to win shows, the 5,000 to win shows. They hit and miss. And I just see more people taking off for weddings, graduation parties, and get-togethers than I did 20, 25 years ago on the eastern half of the state. Similar over by you guys? Uh, I agree. Um, lots of guys are focusing on one track and then maybe go to some specials and other right. tracks. The car counts aren't what they used to be, but then I guess you could say that for a lot of the, a lot of the areas of the country. And part of that is because drivers focus maybe on one track, and they don't they don't race maybe two three times a week like like a lot of guys used to. Right. Um, the tracks are hanging in there. Right. Uh, I don't think anybody's making any big money, and anybody that thinks they should buy a racetrack to make money is needs yeah. to reevaluate that financial situation. <laughs> I, I would agree. The, the hardest part for my job here at Eagle River is is dodging the deer on the way home, and it's about an hour and 24 minute drive for me. You got a little bit more of a hike. How many deer have you clipped on the way to and from racetracks over the years? I hate to say it, but I think I've wrecked two cars. Actually, one I wrecked way down in Iowa coming back from a race in Missouri. Right. We were stranded overnight because I totaled a car hitting the, hitting the deer 
And in fact, I had to hit the brakes twice on the way over here today for deer crossing the road in the middle of the day. I'm sure it'll be a real adventure on my two and a half hour drive home today. Yeah. So what are some of the premier events in the western half of the state or, or Iowa or Minnesota that are must-see for fans, in your opinion, if they haven't been there yet? Well, I, dear to my heart is the Street Sock Little Dream at Race Lake. Right. And obviously, I've seen that grow from the beginning when I think it was like... It's a life-changing purse if you win it. I mean, that's big That's big money. First year, it started out $600 to win, and last year it was over $29,000 to wow. the Street Stock winner. That's unbelievable. We're hoping to get over thirty this year, but a lot of it just depends. And, and what's beautiful about it is it's not driven by uh, a promoter or one big sponsor that puts up the money. Right. This all comes in $10 and $50 and $20 contributions from from fans and businesses in the area. That's what builds the money up that night. And I, I imagine a lot of those are returned from year to year then too, pretty much. Oh, we, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, so that's a good one. Um, actually, Rice Lake, uh, Thursday night, uh, they, they uh, are going to be the first night for that uh, Northland uh, Superstock tour that uh, Dennis McCauley oh, yeah. uh, puts on. And, and so yep. that'll be interesting. Um, you know, there are a lot, of, a lot of good races, but, you know, I, and I enjoy specials, for right. sure, but uh, I still worry about, you know, we still need weekly programs to generate drivers and produce drivers. Amen. I, I agree with that. And I don't know how we can incentivize it more. You know, everybody says, oh, build a point fund. Well, the problem with there, we just talked about it earlier, you need staff to do that. It takes beat in the bushes. It takes time. And a lot of these tracks are having trouble staffing uh, for weekly racing. So... I mean, therein lies part of the problem, right? Yeah, and, and, and I think money alone doesn't do it either. Even no. The, even the point fund, because if guys have other things going on, you know, and they know they're going to miss a night or two, then right. that's not going to help them anyway. So, no. Uh, I tell you what's really great, where I see all our young drivers coming from now, and that's moving up from the carts. Oh, that's big we over here. We have more and more cart tracks developing in our area and that is where the drivers are coming from so if there's if there's a racetrack around it doesn't have a cart track on their facility or somewhere in that town then they're missing the boat because that's where that's where the next generation of drivers are coming from i agree ed reichert uh thanks for the time enjoy the show at eagle river tonight and safe travels don't hit any deer on the way home oh tonight. thank you so much i appreciate that nice talking with you joe you bet